traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Hi, I'm Kirsty Major, commissioning editor here at The Independent, and this is Double Take, a podcast in which our writers come into the studio to read and discuss one of their opinion pieces. It could be their weekly column or something from the archives that shines some light on this week's news. Today, I'm joined by Yaz Nakati, who will be reading their piece, Should Queer People Be Allowed to Exist, or Should We All Just Be Forced to Convert? Should queer people be allowed to exist or not? This is essentially the question BBC Radio Kent asked this morning when it aired a debate about whether we should still have gay conversion therapy with an accompanying, now-removed, Twitter poll. It read... TV doctor Dr. Ranch has told Breakfast gay conversion therapy is akin to psychological abuse. Should gay conversion therapy be banned? One of two options was it's acceptable practice. Should psychological abuse be banned? Should having consensual sex and relationships with whomever we choose be protected? Should queer people's right to exist be accepted? Or should society just ship us all off to a camp where we can be shamed, tortured, denied who we are and treated as less than human all because we aren't heterosexual. I failed to see the debate here. One anonymous survivor of a gay conversion camp reports being told how to eat, talk, walk, dress, even breathe. He recalls being given electroshock therapy every day of the week, harassment and physical abuse. Many survivors of conversion therapy come out the other side with incredibly poor mental health. Some turn to substance abuse, some attempt suicide, some succeed. People who go through conversion therapy face 8.9 times the rates of suicidal ideation. Conversion camps deny queer people our identities, our health, and sometimes even our lives. Again, I failed to see the debate here. The fact that gay conversion therapy is even still legal in the UK is a shock to many. It was a shock to me when I found out. I'm queer and trans and I've known since a very young age even before I admitted my identity to myself, that these identities were not quite as acceptable in the eyes of society. After all, you can bet if a group of people opened up a centre offering to cure straight people, it would be shut down immediately, and rightly so. But we aren't afforded this. Our lives are second best in the eyes of the government. Our lives are clearly also second best in the eyes of the BBC, but it's not just them. If you're queer or trans, you know this. The Radio Times recently ran a poll, should Strictly Come Dancing feature same-sex couples, which got an almost 50% no vote. It's hard not to read that as, should we admit these people exist, or should we continue conveniently pretending that they don't? Then there's the fact that pretty much every major publication out there regularly runs articles about whether denying that trans people are the gender they say they are is transphobic or simply radical feminism. (laughs) It sounds an awful lot like when we used to debate whether gay people existed or not, whether they should be allowed to use certain changing rooms or toilets, or whether they could really know from a young age who they were. We're having that exact same debate right now when it comes to trans rights, and we shouldn't be. My identity and my right to exist as freely as anyone else should not be a panel discussion on daytime television or radio stint to increase viewings. No one's denying it works. 
I've never listened to BBC Radio Kent in my life before this, and now I'm writing a whole article off the back of one of its features. But, and this is the crucial part, the reason we're still debating any of these things is also due to ignorance, fear, privilege, and a complete lack of creativity. If I wasn't queer or trans, who knows? Maybe I'd also be tempted to bandy about controversial views on the subject for attention. And that's where creativity comes in. It's lazy and careless to use minority groups as the butt of a debate just to pull in more viewers. We deserve more respect and more kindness than that. Think of other ways to do it. Project our experiences, which are so often not heard. Don't gamble with our lives and our health like it means nothing. BBC Radio Kent has apologised on its Twitter page for the poll, but apologies aren't really good enough. The damage has been done. We've been reminded once again that we are second-class citizens. Thank you for reading your piece, Yaz. So for listeners who might not have read about this topic before, I thought maybe we could just go through some of the terms that you used in the piece. So what do we mean when we use the terms gay, queer and trans? Okay, so um, gay, I guess, is just for somebody who's not um, heterosexual, usually just experiencing attraction to the same uh, gender as them. Um, and queer is really an um, an umbrella term for people who identify as gay or uh, bisexual, being attracted to more than one gender, or pansexual, being attracted to many different genders. Um, so we kind of use it as an umbrella term for all sexualities that aren't straight, basically. Um, and then transgender describes anybody who identifies as a gender different to the one that they were assigned at birth um so for example um thinking of a famous transgender person like Laverne Cox for example who would have been assigned male at first so um at birth so um the doctors would have said it's a boy but then um she would have grown up feeling like a girl feeling like a woman um, and made the steps to transition later in life um, and live as a woman, even though people had treated her as a boy growing up. Um, but when we think of transgender, we usually just think of people who move from identifying as male to female or female to male, but actually it's anyone who doesn't match the gender identity that they were assigned. Um, so people who identify as non-binary as well, which is neither male nor female. Um, and there are all sorts of <laughs> different gender identities um, as well that come under that. But trans is just an umbrella term, I guess, for everyone who identifies that way. And why do you feel at the moment it seems as, as if we're in an epoch where some people just can't get their head around this. Mm. It seems that every other day in the newspaper you have a story which says, oh, you know, children shouldn't be taught about trans rights in schools. There shouldn't be gender non-binary bathrooms and places. And there seems to be a real almost moral panic about it at the moment. Mm. Where do you think this has come from? I think it's just a real resistance against what people know 
and the sort of norms of our society. Um, and it's interesting because it really reflects how we treated gay people, maybe um, not even that long ago. Well, in the 80s, <laughs> you know? loads of people yeah. have been comparing it to especially the stuff around trans rights in schools or trans mm. people going into schools to do workshops to Section 28, mm. which the Tories brought in in the 80s saying that no uh, homosexual sex education can be taught yeah. on the curriculum. Yeah, I think the wording they used was like, you're not allowed to promote homosexuality. Yeah, yeah, so even as a teacher back then, if somebody come to you and was like, I'm gay, you couldn't be like, it's okay. You know, you had to just, otherwise, otherwise you would be promoting homosexuality. Um, and I think it's interesting because you saw a lot of changes um, sort of... Um, changes in law um, that meant that gay people were getting more rights, changes in terms of them being allowed into spaces without being raided and things like that. But then there was a massive, massive public bash backlash anytime any sort of change happened. Um, and it's the same with trans people now. Um, and of course, gay people, queer people still are discriminated against now, but you can see it with trans people um, so much more, I think, in the mainstream media. Um, so much more um, and it's almost as if those identities are up for debate rather than just something that's accepted as well that's somebody's identity and we should work as a society to become more accommodating um, for people who identify to a different gender than the one that was initially on their birth certificate um, but yeah, I think with any change that happens and you see it throughout history, there's always a backlash. Um, and I think, I mean, a lot of the generation growing up now have very different opinions about trans rights. And I think, well, I hope that that will carry through um, and the next generation will grow up seeing it as a little bit more, okay, that's just how things are. Um, like hopefully people are seeing queer people now. I think it's definitely a lot more up for debate. I mean, I'm maybe about 10 years older than you-ish. Mm. I think so. I, think so um, yeah. I mean, I don't look it, yeah. But <laughs> you don't. <laughs> thanks. Um, and I remember growing up and watching TV and films like Ace Ventura, where mm. it was totally okay to be transphobic. Mm. Like all like, the trans persons always the butt of the jokes. Mm. Um, and growing up, sexual identities were never really on the cards. Mm. so much um, especially not ones which fell outside of a lesbian gay straight binary mm. bisexual was very exotic in 2007 uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> going to school in Liverpool very um, and now I speak to my little cousins who are in school mm. and it's all up for it's all up for grabs and it's all up for debate and it feels mm. like there's a little bit of a panic from parents mm. but I, I always feel like you can put people into two camps there's the people who like live by rules and they're like, but that's not the way the world works. Mm. And they really freak out because they see the world set in quite distinct patterns. Mm. And then you see other people who are like, well, what are the consequences of this? Well, actually, they're okay. There's mm. not, no, no bad can come from this. Mm. Um, and I hope maybe that we can turn around the sort of the rules-based people who really, really freak out <laughs> about the whole thing. But I think what these people don't, realize uh, and what i'd like to ask you is i don't think they realize the impact they have that these debates are having mm. 
like by debating someone's identity what are the real life implications of that for people like yourself i think it's just quite scary um being queer and being trans um in a world that is sort of predominantly full of um people who are straight and people who are um cisgender which is like um identifying with the same um gender that they were assigned at birth um i think it's scary because anyone you meet you just don't know whether they're going to be okay with you or not and people talk about coming out as if it's something that happens once in your life and that's it you're out but it's just not like that and you know queer and trans people will know this that every person you meet it's a new trying to figure out is it okay to say I mean people look at me and just assume that I'm gay because um because we have stereotypes about these things and actually I perpetuate those stereotypes because I want people to know that straight away I don't want to have to come out all the time um but I still hesitate over the world over the word girlfriend and think should I just say partner you know things like that um and even people who are well-meaning, sometimes you get awkward silences. It's not the same reaction that you would get, you know. And then at the same time, it's having to say, sorry, my pronouns, are they them? And most people don't even know what that means. So then it's that awkward, like, do I explain this? Like, do I want to have to explain my existence all the time? It's so tiring. Or do I just not say anything? and have somebody call me the wrong thing. Um, and I think for a lot of people who've never been called the wrong gender pronoun, don't really know how difficult that is. Like when I was younger and everyone thought, well, I thought I was a girl, everyone thought I was a girl, but occasionally people would call me he because I looked like a young boy. Um, and that was my first experience of being like, whoa, like that's weird. Um, and then as I got older, I felt that was she as well because I didn't feel one or the other. So yeah, I think it's scary because you just don't know how people are going to react. Um, and you have people, like you say, who are just like, oh, that's interesting. Like, let's have a chat about that. Or okay, I'll call you by that. And people who are really well-intentioned and might mess up your pronouns sometimes would just be like oh sorry which is like totally cool because we're brought up in a binary society and to see things in a really binary way so like if somebody gets confused about your pronouns like of course that's going to happen because that's how our brains have been trained since birth and I get confused about people's pronouns all the time and I ask people to call me they you know so I think that's fine but it's when people aren't well-intentioned and you don't know who's not going to be we're now going to pause for an ad break before we come back to Yaz. When your identity is treated as something that isn't really, maybe not even legitimate, just something that people can have a nice chat about, you know. A radio feel, debate about... Yeah, a radio debate or a t like a TV debate or something, you know. I'm sure, I mean, I've seen some of the Piers Morgan um, <laughs> debates that have gone on. Um, and he's obviously very confused about things. But <laughs> as somebody watching that, you just feel like society doesn't accept me. Society just sees me as a talking point. Um, and that, that's difficult. Because if you're experiencing it, 
on a day-to-day level, like every interaction feels like a little bit of a battle. And then when you talk 10 on the TV and it's an actual battle, like mm-hmm. actually maybe you shouldn't exist in the world and you should get cured. Mm. <laughs> like I can't even imagine how infuriating that can be. So you spoke about the Radio Kent being one example of how to do it really badly. But I'm wondering, you know, if, if listeners are interested and they want to learn more or watch more, like what sort of cultural reference points, TV shows or books, like what what should people be watching and reading if, if they want to actually really understand what it means to be trans and ge- gender non-binary or to be gay in like 2017? Mm. Oh gosh, so many things. Um, well, first, I really want to recommend the Twitter Trans Actual, um, which does a hashtag facts about trans, um, and sort of dispels all the all the negative myths that a lot of media and society are putting out about trans people. You know, like the fact that people are just sex offenders. You know, that trans women are just like men dressing up as women to like do like to just get into women's spaces things like that um and it really dispels all of those myths with like really clear facts it's really great um and there's a really really um there's there's some really interesting articles by someone called patrick strudwick who is the now lgbt editor at buzzfeed um and he sort of went and got gay conversion therapy um (sighs) undercover um in the uk was it the one in liverpool um i don't think it was in liverpool it might have been i'm not sure exactly where but um yeah he actually actually had an article published in the independent about his experience there um with the two therapists who he saw um and he's written some more stuff about it on buzzfeed since and it's it's really interesting stuff um to sort of see exactly what happens um and I guess in terms of queer media, I mean, there's not um, loads of mainstream stuff. Like in the UK, we have things like Diva magazine, which um, <laughs> which I do enjoy sometimes. It's great. Um, and I guess in terms of like a web reference, like Autostraddle is my go-to for queer, like um, women and non-binary stuff. It's really great. Um and in terms of books and things, there's a really great one called She of the Mountains um, by Vivek Schreier, which is really good. Which everyone should get for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, no, it's a really great book. And it's got like illustrations as well, really easy to read, like written half poetry, like um, looking at like Hindu mythology and stuff. Um yeah, and she identifies as a trans woman, but at the time she was identifying as a gay man. So, yeah, it was really interesting to see her take on um, gender and sexuality in that. Um, yeah, I think those and would be my top records. Everyone should read your articles as well. <laughs> <laughs> so, Yaz, yeah. you've been writing for us for the past... How many months have you been with us now? Since February. Since February. And you're on Apprenticeship Scheme. So Yaz is one of those really, really annoying, brilliant young people um, who are just too good for how young they are and uh, put, put all of us off people to shame. <laughs> so people should read your stuff too. It's really brilliant. And thank you for writing this article. I think, um, you know, it, it's, it's having more inclusive writers like yourself, I think goes a long way as well to dispel 
a lot of the myths that some other outlets put out so thank you and thanks for joining us today no yeah thanks for having me thank you for listening please rate review and subscribe on itunes acast or wherever else you get your podcasts helen had not produced this episode i'm kirsty major see you next week 